0: what is going on beautiful people i hope you are having a fantastic day welcome back to another episode of the thrive forever fit show as always i'm grateful for you i'm pumped that you're here and the fact that you spend your time listening to me rant and rave is unbelievably amazing to me and i I couldn't be more grateful for it Secondarily, this podcast is sponsored by a brand new product that I have just released to the market. It's called Elite Collagen. If you're not taking a collagen product, then you just don't care about your healthy skin, your healthy hair, your healthy nails, your joints, your cardiovascular health, just your overall body wellness. Collagen is an amazing product that is going to help with everything. And listen, I mean, you're exposed to a lot of elements. Why not internally fortify your system with a beautiful collagen? But here's the situation. Some of you guys may know, hey bud, I'm already taking a collagen. Appreciate you. Gotcha. I got bad news. The problem is this: most collagen powders are just that. They're powdered collagens and they're made from bovine, which is cows, or porcine, which is pigs, skin. Have you ever seen a cow skin or a pig skin? Some of them are plant-derived. We won't even get into those. The collagen, it's not even really a collagen product. It's a, a makeup of stuff that tries to become collagen. But if you're taking a collagen powder, one of those big hefty collagen, gross, chalky, whatever it is, just know that it's coming from skin of cows and pigs. And of course they wash them, but if you've ever been at a pig farm or a cow farm, not the most savory of things. My collagen is a marine-based collagen. And here's the big thing. Forget all the other shit I've already said. Here's the differentiation between mine and the one you're already taking. Mine is half a tablespoon every day. It's a delicious chocolate mint flavor. And here's, here's the big stuff. Here's the, here's the real deal. Here's what nobody's telling you. The powdered collagens get broken down inside of the gastrointestinal stomach, inside of the stomach. That's not where collagen gets absorbed. Collagen actually gets absorbed and has a higher efficacious benefit if it's absorbed in the small intestine. Well, see, mine passes through the stomach based on a beautiful collection of of polymers and a collection of these peptides if you heard that, that's just really taking a sneeze. He likes to be introduced in some of these podcasts and I didn't give him a proper shout out, but my collagen actually passes through the stomach and gets digested inside of the small intestine, which is where all the magic happens. Your powder product's not even making it there. So you're getting very minimal, if any efficacious um, effects from drinking that chalky gross tasting powder products. So if you're interested, just go to thriveforeverfit.com. Go to my store. You'll see Elite Collagen on there. You can pop me a note. I'll give you all the details. It is unbelievably amazing. I've been taking it for a while um, because I've been testing it and, and creating it and everything. Guys, it is revolutionary and it is unbelievable. I can't wait for you to try it. Elite Collagen. Go grab yourself some today. Take care of your skin. Optimal mental and physical health. That should stop you right in your tracks. Every single one of us should be living a life of optimal mental and physical health. And today's expert, today's show guest is Dr. Judson Brandeis, and he is an award-winning urologist, sexual medicine expert, clinical researcher, educator, author. If you saw his credentials, Harvard, Brown, like the list goes on and on and on, he is so out of this world in touch with how to live an optimal life. He's just written written this book called The 21st Century Man. It's a massive book. It looks like war and peace. It's been called The Dude Bible, the Magnus Opus of Men's Health. And ladies, just because I'm talking about dudes and men's health and all that stuff, there's gonna to be tons of information in today's show for you. And hear me here, hear me. You've got an obligation to listen to this info so you can tell your husband, you can show your husband, your significant other, your brother, your dad. There's gonna be somebody in your life that this information is gonna change their life. So today we're gonna get knee deep into optimal mental and physical health and how we can just live our absolute best life. Guys, I'm excited about today's show. It's gonna be a rock star episode. Saddle up, get a pen, get some paper, get a beverage. Here we go. Doc, welcome to the show. I am so excited about this, man. You and I just talked for five or 10 minutes before we said uh, hit play, but this book is awesome. Like, I am so thankful you sent this to me. I'm an avid reader and I cannot wait to dive into it. So thanks for being on the show and uh, let's change some lives today.
1: Absolutely, Jay. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so the 21st century man, like as a, as a guy who I'll be 48 in like 50 days. So I'm, I'm coming up on that 50- that 50 number. And it's weird. Like, I don't know. I don't even know. How, how old are you?
1: I'm 55.
0: Okay, so maybe you can probably shed a little insight on this for me. I never really think about my age. Like, I don't think about it at all. I feel like I look young, I'm physically fit, all those things. But as I've gotten, you know, like, when I start thinking about turning 48, I'm like, Oh, my God, I'm close to 50. Like, what's happening inside, outside the whole nine yards. And so this book is Right up my alley. I can't wait to, to read it and dive in. Why'd you write it? Like, what was the, the premise behind like you know, the the collection of all these ideas?
1: Yeah, you know, the reason I wrote it is because I really care about my patients and I wanted to help my patients. And I, I've had the privilege of going to some of the best institutions of learning in the United States. And I, I felt an obligation to kind of give back. And erectile dysfunction. In men over the age of 50, it's really kind of an interesting problem because it's kind of like you have to master the physical realm and then the mental health realm and the emotional health realm and then the relationship realm to get to the top of the pyramid where sexual health really becomes uh, an issue, right? If you're physically unwell, you're not having sex. If you're mentally unwell, if you're depressed, if you're anxious, If you haven't figured out work-life balance, you're not having sex. If you're emotionally a wreck or your relationship is a wreck, you're not having sex. But if all of that is aligned, then sexual health becomes really important because it's kind of like the, the icing on the cake. And so, But it really depends on so many things going right in your life. And so that's why the book is over 900 pages and 101 chapters is because so many things have to be going right in your life in order for you to reach that
0: pinnacle. Yeah. And I think, you know, the whole erectile dysfunction thing, it's, it's kind of a, I mean, taboo is probably the wrong word, but like in your line of work, it's like, nobody wants to just storm into your office and be like, Hey doc, guess what's going on with me? Like, it's one of those things that like, nobody wants to talk about like men, women, anybody. Right. And so it's, how do you how do you get people to like start that conversation
1: yeah I mean you know the, so the interesting thing is you know you not we're just talking about cardiologists versus urologists right yeah. and uh, so you know say you're you're working in an office in a cubicle and you know your dad's having some some heart problems and so you announce to the your colleagues listen guys I got to go take my dad to the cardiologist because he's having some heart problems and everyone's like, Oh, that's so nice. You know, you're such a good son. You're taking right. care of your dad going to the cardiologist. So then a week later, you're like, Hey, guys, you know, my dad's having erectile dysfunction, right. and he needs to go to the urologist to get some of those boner pills.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Do you think everyone's going to be like, Oh, that's so nice. No, you know, now you're you're the weird guy. Now, you're the weird guy, but it's the same problem. Right. It's circulation, right? What? It's just circulation to two different places, but it's the same physiologic issue. And so, you know, people have to get over that it's some sort of failing of, the, of, of a person right. that they're developing erectile dysfunction. It's a failure of circulation and it fails going to the penis 10 years before it fails going to the heart. So when you develop erectile dysfunction, you got about a 10 year clock ticking because 10 years later, you are gonna have a heart attack.
0: So it's like a precursor a pre-indicator Absolutely. that something else is going on. I think a lot of times we don't think of the body in terms of like the synergistic, you know, connection between the heart, the lungs, the liver, the kidneys, we almost look at them as like isolatory organs or isolatory. Like, Absolutely. If, you, if you look at it, like as a, you know, different departments, but it's, it's, they're all so interconnected. If you've got a cardiovascular problem, it could present first, like you said, in you know, the urological areas or, or somewhere else for that matter.
1: Absolutely. In fact, Viagra was developed as a cardiovascular drug. And in the recovery room, after the patients received it, they were all lying on their bellies. And a smart nurse picked that up and asked them, you know, how come you guys are all lying on your bellies? What's so, going on? Because <laughs> we all got <laughs> erections. Right. And that's how they figured out that Viagra, you know, worked for erections, but it was being tested as a medication that opened up bless- blood vessels in the heart. As it yeah. turns out, it's more, much more specific for up, opening up blood vessels in the penis, but it's, it's all circulation.
0: From that perspective, Doc, when you're talking about circulation, right, because I I talk a lot about like inflammation being being like one of the precursors to, you know, every disease out there usually starts with some form of inflammatory response, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be systemic or whether it be, you know, isolated. When you're talking about blood flow and things like that, whether to the heart or to the penis or to whatever, what organ it is, are there and, and based on what you said, I think the answer is yes, are there different flow states. And like you said, it presents first in, in the, the urological area before the heart. And why is that? What, what's the mechanism? Yeah. So,
1: there? I mean, that's a great question. The reason it presents in the penis first is because the blood vessels are smaller, Okay. right? The blood vessels in the penis are one or two millimeters and they're peripheral, right? They're on the periphery versus the heart blood vessels are three to four millimeters and they're central, right? So the heart's the first thing that gets blood. The penis is one of the last things that gets blood. And so you're gonna clog a one or two millimeter artery a lot earlier than you're clogging a three to four millimeter artery.
0: Okay. Now let's let's ask this question because I did my brain just went to this. Like if we correct that, right? The the urological blood flow is that an indicator that we've improved the cardiovascular blood flow or not necessarily? Are the two things not connected? In no, they're. I
1: mean, they're directly correlated. Okay. So for example, right. I have a lot of patients that come in on blood pressure medications.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Blood pressure medications are the worst thing for erectile function, right? If you look at your blood pressure medication and read the package insert, invariably it's going to say will cause erectile dysfunction, right? And why is that, right? Aren't you fixing something? Aren't you fixing the cardiovascular system with a blood pressure medication? You would uh, think. And you would think, right? Yeah. But the, the interesting thing is. You measure blood pressure in your body in two places, right? In your carotid body, so in the neck, and in your kidney, right? And why is that? Because first of all, if you lose brain flow, blood flow to the brain, you're toast, right. okay? So you need something to tell your body and tell your heart if you're not getting enough blood flow to the brain, okay? The second thing is the kidney monitors electrolytes. And if your electrolytes get too far out of whack, you have an arrhythmia and you die. And your kidney monitors blood pressure, right? So if you're overloaded with fluid, you make more urine. If you're underloaded with, with, uh, with fluids, then you hold back urine, right? You, you know, you're getting dehydrated. So it's really important to monitor blood pressure at the kidney level. So the carotids and the kidney have ways of communicating with other blood vessels in the heart that are little hormones that they send out that monitor blood pressure. Okay, Okay. now, if your blood pressure is high, right, your heart's a pump, the pump is pumping blood through the circulatory system. And if you have clogged arteries, which makes the resistance go up, or you're chronically stressed, which is where you produce cortisol, and cortisol will cause your blood vessels to contract, or you have chronic inflammation, right or inflammation that's caused by something like covid those blood vessels are going to get smaller right you're going to have more difficulty pumping blood to the brain and to the kidneys so the heart's going to pump harder when the heart pumps harder blood pressure goes up right so then you go to the doctor the doctor says okay you know you got to lower your blood pressure right so they give you blood pressure medication that blood pressure medication opens up your central circulation so you can get blood to your brain and you can get blood to your kidney, but it doesn't get blood to the fingers, to the toes or to the penis, right? So your penis is hanging out going, what's going on? You know, I'm not getting any blood flow and the toes are like, oh, we don't get any blood flow either, right. but they have no way of telling the rest of the body that they're not getting enough blood flow. And to be honest, the rest of the body doesn't care. Yeah. All the body cares about is the brain. And the kidneys,
0: right? Well, okay. I think mean, that's eye-opening for a lot of people. I think a lot of people wouldn't even think that. I think they would think that just systemically you got the same amount of blood flow, you mm-hmm. know. As okay, that makes beautiful sense. Your body so- is
1: constantly changing the amount of blood flow, and it's it's done through this amazing molecule called nitric oxide. And right. so, one thing that I do for a lot of my patients to get them off their blood pressure medication is to put them on a nitric oxide booster. So I actually, uh, I created and bottle a nitric oxide booster called Affirm, Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: which is available from affirmscience.com. And what that does is it replaces or repletes your storage of nitric oxide, either through L-citrulline or through nitrates, and that will help improve the flexibility of blood vessels and get blood flow to your peripheral circulation.
0: Explain nitric oxide just a little bit, like kind of in, you know, from a, just a little more detail, detailed, like yeah, what, yeah. what does it do? And like, why Absolutely. does it, why does it increase blood flow?
1: Absolutely. So it's released from nerves Correct. and when it's released by nerves onto blood vessels, it makes this stuff called CGMP, cyclic GMP. And the more cyclic GMP you have, the more that blood vessels open up right? But blood vessels can't stay open forever. So there's a class of of enzymes called the phosphodiesterase enzymes, the PDE enzymes. And what they do is they inactivate cyclic GMP so that blood vessels close. Now, the genius of Viagra was that, uh, actually, it was in a lab that a, a good friend of mine runs. And what they found was that it blocks pde5 right so there's pdes all throughout the body in the brain there's pde1 in the eyes there's pde6 In the lungs there's pde4 in the penis it's pde5 so if you block pde5 then you keep cyclic gmp and you keep blood vessels open so it's important that you have enough nitric oxide to keep blood vessels open not only in the penis but also everywhere in your body. So nitric oxide, when you replace it, will improve cognition because it improves brain blood flow. It improves athletic performance because it improves blood flow to muscles and to, uh, you know, to arteries. Uh, It improves blood pressure because it makes blood vessels more stretchy so that your heart doesn't have to pump as hard to get blood to uh, the places in the body.
0: I think a lot of people probably have heard of nitric oxide in like the world of like sports nutrition, because for a while, I think that's, it kind of got a big pop there. And like the pre-workouts and these, these workout things, because it was supposed to drive more blood is that was, that was kind of, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, there's two, there's two supplements that I, I ask all of my patients to take. One is the affirm nitric oxide booster. And the other is creatine monohydrate. You know, those are the, we, a lot of us take more supplements than yeah. that, but those are the two that really have hundreds or thousands of papers written about them to show that they really and truly genuinely work.
0: I take both of those on a daily basis. So creatine is something that I took a long time ago, like when I was a youngster, when it kind of first uh-huh. came out, came out in the world of bodybuilding. And it's like, Hey, right. if you want to get jacked, like you got to get on creatine, and, you know, which was, you know, a little bit of false marketing, but as a, as I'm aging now. I've been on it for the last few years, um, on a daily basis, just because of, like you said, there's so much clinical data. Can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think when somebody hears the word creatine, they think I'm not, I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't play football. I'm not, you know, any of those things, but like good for men, women, like anybody like,
1: yeah, I mean, it's good for, for anyone. Um, but you really only need it if you're, exercising or or you're physically active or you're doing something that requires a lot of atp so atp uh is i'm and i'll go a little biochemical on you yeah. um, but, it, but it's but it's kind of cool biochemistry right so atp is our source of energy in the body right that's what we use to to store and to utilize energy right and so it's an, it's adenosine with three phosphates. That's why it's called adenosine triphosphates. And the energy that ATP holds is in the the chemical bond between the adenosine and the phosphate, right? And so when you use ATP, you release one of the adenosines and the energy that was used to hold that phosphate in orbit is the energy that your body uses to move muscles, right? But then you're hanging out with a bunch of ADP, which is adenosine diphosphate, and a bunch of phosphates kind of floating around in the ether. What creatine does is it goes and it grabs the phosphate and puts it back on the ADP to recycle it into ATP, which now you can use again as energy. Because unlike humans, your body is actually really, really, really good at recycling everything. Uh, and so that's why when you're working out hard and you're using a lot of ATP, you need creatine. The other thing is if you're thinking really, really hard, right? Your brain uses an enormous amount of glucose. Uh, it can it if you're you know studying really hard, trying to figure something out, and you're not using a lot of the rest of your body, it you can use up to fifty percent of the glucose at any moment in your body, right? Oh. And glucose plus oxygen equals 34 atps right that's where you're getting the energy right so the i I like to think of things of as macro to micro so the sun shines on trees trees have chlorophyll chlorophyll grabs that energy and stores it and where does it store it It stores it in sugar glucose fructose sucrose right and then as a as a, a mammal we eat the sugar from plants and trees and stuff like that. And then we use that sugar for our energy by combining it with oxygen and combining glucose plus oxygen, we kick out 34 ATPs, plus we make water and we breathe out carbon dioxide, right? Those ATPs then go and get broken down into ADP. And that's where the creatine comes in is they add the phosphate. And that's our biochemistry lecture for the day.
0: Love it, love it, love it. You know, when when you're... You know, in the world that I'm in, Doc, like I help people like with you know human optimization. I have clients that have lost over 100 pounds. Some that are just starting their journey to lose over the 100 pounds. You've been, you know, you see a lot more in stage than I do, being in the medical community and research and and all the things that you've done. Are you seeing an increase in? And I don't, I want to say this appropriately because there's I don't think there's any real right, right scientific way to say it. Are we, are we getting unhealthier or does it just seem like we're getting unhealthier?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think COVID accelerated a process that was, that was ongoing. Okay. Um, you know, a, a small percentage of people, uh, myself included, had a little bit more time during COVID and were able to get into better shape. But most folks um, really just lost it. A lot of people started drinking more. Uh, the stress levels are through the roof. Uh, You know, it seems like everyone's angry at each other these days, people are, are stress eating people are and the other thing is right. In order to get protein proteins really hard to get right, you need fresh beef or fresh fish or fresh chicken or, you know, fresh eggs, during COVID we weren't getting a lot of that stuff. What were people eating, people were eating carbs right cup of noodles, or bread or you know things that lasted longer protein is a lot more difficult food to get and it's a lot less calorie dense than you know ice cream or you know things that are are relatively easy to pro- and cheap to produce right and so uh, a lot of people got fat a lot of people started drinking a lot of people uh you know got depressed you know it's it's not that exciting being on a computer all day
0: yeah I, you know, I ask that question because I, I just look at my, you know, my guy friends or, you know, just men in general, kind of, you know, like when I'm in an airport or whatnot. And we seem to, you know, I think back to like my my grandfather's generation. Like, you know, he worked in the oil fields, he was in good shape. I mean, he was just, you know, he was a, you know, just a dude. I think what I see now is like we've we've progressed to a a higher state of of lack of health, which yeah. prob- which probably yeah. because- man, I'm just watching these freaking
1: advertisements on meta right yeah so now we're just gonna sit our fat asses on the couch yeah and like imagine ourselves in mortal Kombat, playing Into you know flying around reality. and like right. like like our bodies are just gonna wither away we're just gonna be like like something out of star trek you know a big head with with a big yeah. brain and big eyes and like no arms and legs i mean it's where's it gonna end Your father, your grandfather's generation had testosterone levels that are 30% higher than the levels that we have now, because the body is smart, right? Your body knows your level of activity. So if you're like back in the day, hunting, killing wild boar out on the field, your testosterone had to be sky high because wild boar don't like to be killed. And if you were a farmer or working on the oil fields, your testosterone was pretty high, not as high as the- the 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 hunters but it was pretty high right but if you're sitting behind a computer every day and or you're putting your your laptop on your lap you know heating up your testicles and you're eating a bunch of processed food and plastics and whatever else is in our food these days your testosterone is going to be low because your body's going to say you know i don't need to make that much testosterone you know you're not being attacked by anyone
0: i'm I'm glad you brought that up because i I think that's one of those those things that can be correlated. You, we talked a little bit about sexual, you know, dysfunction or erectile dysfunction earlier. What's the, yeah, I think a lot of people think erectile dysfunction, oh, you must have a testosterone problem. Is there a direct correlation? And if, if it is, okay, I think that's a
1: misconception. Yeah, it is a misconception because, (laughs) you know, the thing is like, if you don't have a high testosterone, you're not going to want to have sex, but you you still are, you know, if you have a good cardiovascular system, you'll still be capable of having sex. Right. So, Testosterone gives you that drive, but it, you know it's not just testosterone does so many things for us. It's the number one most important growth factor for men. So you're 12 years old, your testosterone's low, you're this little scrawny kid. Then when you're 14, your testosterone or 15, your testosterone goes to a thousand. and within a couple of months or a couple of years, you know you've grown eight inches, 10 inches, you put on muscle, you've grown pubic hair, your penis grows. Uh, you got oily skin, you know, your hair grows in, all these things happen because of testosterone. And you peak out when you're 20. Okay. You know, your testosterone hits 900 or 1000. And every year after that, you drop one or
0: 2%. That's what I was gonna ask. So I think that I've read a bunch of different statistics, you say, by the time you're 40, your testosterone is half, of, or it could be half of what it was, when Could you were be, 20.
1: but you know, it shouldn't shouldn't be. What but it people,
0: could be? What what would you look for, Doc? And I know that the testosterone number, like when you go and get your your blood work done, I mean the range is like, you know, it's huge. What yeah. what should people really be paying attention to? Like, what is there a number that matters? Is there another marker along with the testosterone that we should be looking at? What's yeah, I mean, important? it's
1: it's uh, what that's a really great question because it, it is like the range is three hundred to a thousand. Like, yeah, what that's, kind that's of range big. is that? That's right. like. You know, well, it could be anywhere from New York to San Francisco,
0: right? Right. So somebody could be 301 and and their physician is like, oh, no, you're in range.
1: Yeah. And, you know, um, like you go to Kaiser, anything over 300, Kaiser will not even consider replacing. Right. But it's more, how are you feeling? Right. You know, are you depressed? Right. Uh, Is your energy low? Is your uh, motivation low? Is your libido low? are you putting on fat are you losing muscle are you growing man boobs all of those kind of things uh, are indications of clinically low testosterone so i've had guys with testosterones of 200 that are like oh, i'm doing great you know i'm exercising every day and my you know my wife and i we you know we have a lot of fun and i'm like i don't care what your testosterone level is you're doing right. great yeah. and i got guys with testosterones of 400 450 whatever and they're like I'm dragging and, uh, you know, nothing's working. Now, there is, you know, there is a caveat. And this is why I don't like online testosterone replacement companies. Okay. Because I want to talk about that too. Yeah. You got to go see a doctor because if you have sleep apnea, you're chronically tired. You don't feel like working out. You know you're you're depressed. You're, you're putting on fat. You're losing muscle, right? Same signs and symptoms of low testosterone, or if your thyroid is low, or if your diet is horrible, right? So there's so many things that can act like low testosterone. That if if you know if your only tool is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and you're going to treat someone wrong. And there are side effects of testosterone replacement that aren't necessarily horrible, but, but can be. Yeah. And if you're not managing testosterone properly, you can really mess yourself up.
0: You know, I think the, the world of hormones has kind of gotten just turned into a little bit of the wild West. I mean, it is.
1: So you, yeah, um, I have, I've written three really good eBooks that are totally free. So if you go to my website, which is Brandeis MD, B-R-A-N-D-E-I-S-M-D.com and then go, I have a media tab and then you drop down into eBooks. I wrote a testosterone eBook on like all the different testosterone replacement therapies and what testosterone is, where it's made of, the pros and cons and everything like that. I wrote another one on testosterone levels. So what levels can you expect from, there's so many different ways to replace testosterone. You can do intranasal, you can do, uh, uh, under the tongue, you can do in the mouth, you can do gels, you can do creams, you can do subcutaneous injections, you can do intramuscular injections, you can do pellets, you can even do it transrectally. Um, that wouldn't be my favorite way yeah, to do it. Yeah, I was about it, but... to say that's, that, <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah, No, nobody's asking for that yeah. one, Doc. Like that's a yeah. last, that's
0: last <laughs> case scenario.
1: <laughs> you know, it actually is interesting. It actually gives you very good levels for about four to about four hours. Uh, Is that
0: so you, because of the the transferability yeah the rectal
1: mucosa actually actually a very um, absorbent a good, yeah. good absorbent space but you'd have to give it to yourself basically three times a day and no. that uh, that wouldn't be really my preferred way of of yeah. but but it's really interesting uh, and and it's interesting too because there's going to be a new one coming out pretty soon an oral testosterone and they're going to be advertising on crazy like on Roman and hymns and all that kind yeah. of stuff and the levels you get are crap. Yeah. And, uh, but they're gonna a lot of people are going to get tricked and go on it. And they're going to shut down their own testicle because they're going to be bringing in new testosterone, right. Right. And their new testosterone levels aren't going to be much better than the levels that they had before. So you got to be, and then the, the third ebook is a really, really good one. Cause I have a lot of, um, uh, a lot of bodybuilders and first responders Mm-hmm. Um, police, SWAT, corrections, and a lot of those guys use performance-enhancing drugs to a certain extent, right. and so I, I, but I saw a lot of guys really messing themselves up, and so I wrote this ebook uh, on performance-enhancing drugs, like that whole wild world of uh, T-ball and Deca and Winstrol and all these Anvar, uh, so that people can really understand what they're taking, because if you understand what you're taking, then you know how to take it better. And you know how to prevent side effects. So I, right. I've seen a lot of young guys who are infertile or who have to be on testosterone forever because yeah. they just got it from some bro at the gym some back alley. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with some bro science and boom, you know, if you take a 19 NOR, you can knock out your, your, your brain pituitary testicle access for, for years and years and years. And so you really got to know what you're doing. And, uh, You know, Mother Nature has has created this beautiful system, and uh, and you really have to know what you're doing to mess with it.
0: This may be an unanswerable question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, and you can just defer out of it if you want. Why is it so? I feel like there's certain portions. You know, I mentioned I was in the pharmaceutical world for a while. There's certain areas that are highly regulated, and then there seems to be this this areas like this hormone replacement, like testosterone. It's like now I can just grab my phone, fill out a questionnaire, and I can have you know, testosterone shipped straight to my house, without ever actually physically seeing a physician, or maybe not even getting blood work done. It why is it so unregulated in, in that fashion? I mean, because it seems dangerous, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's weird because it's regulated, but it's not regulated. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a it's a it's a regulated drug. I have to put it on a special uh, pad. prescription pad, yeah. or I have to to, to e prescribe it, but I need a special number. I mean, they really make it very difficult. It's regulated almost like opioids are regulated, but it's at the same time, you know, you can go on, you know, com, and, you know, they'll ship it out to you. So that it's, it's, it, it is crazy.
0: Yeah. What And what I would advise, and I think what you would advise is if you're in that realm, like don't take the, don't, don't go the easy online version. Let's actually go see a a professional who can really guide you through that process
1: yeah and you know honestly please read my books yeah you know i'm not i'm not charging you anything they're free yeah I agree. Uh, they're they're for for people's information because the thing is doctors don't make much money on testosterone right right and uh, doctors listen most doctors don't know that much about it no. they really don't you know i had a patient today uh he said you know his his endocrinologist put him on testosterone and didn't put him on Clomid. And he asked the endocrinologist, you know, shouldn't I be on Clomid? You know, is my testicles going to shrink? And the endocrinologist said, no, it's an either or thing, right? Either you go on Clomid or you go on testosterone. And that's totally, totally wrong. Yeah. Right. You need to go on a small dose of Clomid in order to maintain the, the endogenous production, your testicles production of testosterone. So otherwise your testicles, you know, I had this patient I did that was a Los Angeles Oakland Raider for 15 years, just massive guy, 350 pounds. Right. And his testicles were the size of peas because he had been on like huge doses of of steroids for such a long time um, that his testicles shrunk. Right. So that's what happens if you don't go on something like Clomid Uh, But the amazing thing is, you know, this endocrinologist that should have known. Yeah, didn't. And so it's one of those things also that, you know, there's so much legality and and shady characters around it that I think a lot of doctors just kind of say, well, I could do other stuff that isn't as controversial. And so for me, I just saw that there was a need and I don't, you know, I'm direct pay. I don't take insurance. Uh, and so I just, and I saw it was a problem and I, I, treat a lot of, um, you know, first responders, you know, I mean, I got guys in the SWAT team that have testosterone levels of, of three, 400, Yeah. you know, some from steroid abuse in the past, others, because, you know, it's chronic stress right? and they don't eat that well, you know, cause they're staking somebody out. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a, a SWAT guy and your testosterone is 400. And you're trying to take down some 20-year-old criminal amped up on methamphetamines, you know, that's an occupational hazard.
0: Absolutely. that's You a- know, I
1: mean, you wouldn't <laughs> be playing offensive line right. with a testosterone of 400 against, you know, some amped up defensive end. Yeah, You'd get creamed.
0: That's like getting in the, in a, the MMA ring with a, yeah. tr- with a trained killer and you, exactly. and, and yeah, you know, you got to fight, you got to fight with your brother when you were seven. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, exactly. It, it's not going to end. Well. It's
1: not good. No. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, it's really important and it's, it's, it, it can be done safely if you know what you're doing and you wow. have the right person. And so, you know, it's really important to seek out the right help.
0: Uh would 1 million percent agree. What, what do you think? Just shifting gears a little bit. Like, what do you think the biggest health challenges that, you know, men were really facing as we move into this next
1: phase? Yeah, I could, phase? I know exactly the answer to your question. It's ourselves.
0: Oh, I agree. All right.
1: Yeah. Okay. I could, I would give you in 15 seconds, I will give you the perfect formula for men's health. Love it. Let's go. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't eat too much, exercise every day, sleep better, stretch every morning, meditate a little bit, and be nice to other people. I mean, boom.
0: What you what you just laid out there sounds very logical, right? Right. I mean mean, uh, like if you did all those things, you'd be in great shape. Yeah, I mean that's pure logic that nobody could even argue with. Even the climate that we're in today, nobody could argue with those things. We're not doing hardly any of those right, Doc.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 simple. Yeah. Right, but it's not so simple because we don't live in a simple world.
0: Right. You know, yeah, there's right.
1: lots of pressure. for example, like alcohol. Right. Nobody on Earth could make an argument to me that drinking alcohol is good for you,
0: no.
1: right? Nobody, right? you know, like all of these wine studies yeah, yeah. Right. are sponsored by wine companies, sure. right? Alcohol is three things. It's a depressant. So it makes you sad. It disinhibits you. So you do a lot of stupid things that you shouldn't be doing on alcohol, right? You insult your spouse or you crash your car or you hit your kids or whatever, right? And it's empty calories. So it makes you fat. Right. And uh, there was a famous study out of Faber university by uh, Dean Wormer. You ever see the movie animal house? Yeah. Yeah. Fat, stupid and drunk is no way to get through life, son. <laughs> That's very true. It's a joke anyway, but yeah. Uh, remember when they're in front of the Dean
0: Yeah.
1: and, and Dean Wormer looks at flounder yeah. and says, Fat, stupid, Stupid and and drunk drunk. is no way to get through life, son. Okay. But so, but we got all these billions and billions of dollars of advertising telling us when you're young, drink beer. When you're older and you're more sophisticated, drink wine. When you're, you know, out hanging out with the guys, you know, have whiskey or, right. But I mean, let's be honest, it's bad for you. (laughs) Yeah, there like you said there's, there's nothing a, good for yeah. you about it. Right. But you know, 15% or 10-15% of, of men are alcoholic.
0: Okay. I didn't know that. So about right?
1: 10 to 10 to 15%. 15% of men still smoke. Right. No one in the earth could tell could make an argument for the benefits of cigarette smoking.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. 40 to 50% of men are obese. Nobody on earth could make That argument that eating too much is good for you. Have you seen that?
0: Have you seen that go up, Doc? Like in your just in your oh yeah by twenty
1: by twenty thirty, half of America is going to be obese.
0: And you've seen just talking about strictly men. You've seen the you know us get bigger through the years.
1: You know, I live in Northern California.
0: Okay, Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, you're in Southern California. Yeah, so so we're a little bit
0: of a California is
1: like freaky in a lot of different ways. Okay, but. You know, when the weather's good, you, you go outside.
0: Right. Um,
1: You know, when I grew up in New York, I'd watch four hour football games every Saturday and Sunday. You know, when I'm in California, I'm like, it's a sunny day out. Why would I go watch other people play football when I can do stuff?
0: Right. Yeah. You go to the Midwest or you go into the places that aren't as, you know, optimal for outside activities as California. And you do see a higher incidence of, of people being obese or overweight. Let's talk about the eating thing really quick. And I mean, just from your perspective, are we, are we eating more than before? Or are we just eating less quality food-like products? And that's the problem. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that honestly, that's not really my expertise. I mean, my assumption yeah. is that, um, that we're eating. Well, I'll put it to you this way. Okay. So I like to, to, to talk about things micro to macro, mm-hmm. right? Squirrels. Right, I have that window. See the window behind my, my yeah. Right, I look at squirrels. Okay, right? what are squirrels doing during the day? Squirrels are climbing up trees, yeah. they're knocking nuts down, then they're going down the tree. They grab the nut, they go find a place to hide the nut, they dig a hole, they put the nut in the hole, they cover it up, and then they go climb all the way back up the tree try to try to find another nut, knock it down. They spend all their days knocking nuts down. And at the same time, they're looking up because they're red-tailed hawks in this area and they're making sure that they don't get eaten by a red-tailed hawk, right? That's a huge amount of energy that they're expending to get the energy in a little nut, right? You know, at lunchtime, we call up Uber Eats Mm -hmm. and they deliver a 2000 calorie burrito to my office that I can eat. Right. Right. It doesn't require any energy whatsoever. Right. Because what are calories? Calories, a unit of energy. Right. So in nature, calories and fat are like gold. Right. Right. You know, have you you ever been to Alaska? No, no. It's a great place to go. If you ever go to Alaska, go see the whales. Humpback whales do one thing in Alaska. They eat. 23 hours a day. Humpback whales are eating. Hmm. One hour they sleep. Okay. And they do that for five months. Then they swim from Alaska to Hawaii. They have a baby. They feed the baby. And the mom and the baby swim from Hawaii back to Alaska. Seven months, no food. Right? They do that entirely based on fat. So in nature, fat is like survival.
0: Gold. Yeah.
1: Right. And so our bodies really hold on to calories as if we're never going to eat again. And so that's what people have to understand is that you're fighting nature's survival mechanism. And so it's not easy to lose fat.
0: Do you see in your practice, I know that that part wasn't your expertise, but do you see a correlation between obesity and weight and The urological function?
1: Oh, of course. Okay. Well, first of all, fat turns testosterone into estrogen. Here we go. Right. So, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus, right? So the testosterone molecule and the estrogen molecule, though, even though men are from Mars and women are from Venus, testosterone and estrogen are virtually the same. In both? Yeah. The only difference is a single, here's biochemistry too. The only difference is a single hydrogen atom right? The smallest unit of matter is the difference between a testosterone and an estrogen uh, molecule. Okay. And so it's easy for your body to flip testosterone into estrogen, right? And it does it with an enzyme called aromatase, right? So you take an aromatase inhibitor like anastrozole or a natural aromatase inhibitor like DIM. When you're on testosterone replacement so that you don't get your estrogen too high Right?
0: And so the belly, so men, when we get that belly fat and the man boobs, like you talked about that's yeah, you of, get the
1: man boobs because that's you got the estrogen. Indicator. That's an yeah, indicator you,
0: of high estrogen levels. Yeah,
1: you get the estrogen.
0: So how do we right? got can can that be reversed if we get our testosterone back into, not necessarily the man boobs' we got to lose weight, but can that process be kind of reversed of or slowed down?
1: Of course, with better yeah.
0: health, better nutrition, all the all the things we've kind of talked about. Tonight. All
1: the things that you know you're teaching your people every single okay. day, but you know it comes down to, and the, this is the you know my, my book is a is a beast. It's it's a long book, right? Um, and I, th- I thought but, you sent
0: me War and Peace, and I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk about War and Peace. I want yeah. to talk about. It. And then I was like, okay.
1: So you know, I, I'll break it down really simply for you. You read the introduction, and you read the first chapter. And then you look at the table of contents the table of contents is like six or seven pages right and then you pick and choose you know like this is what i'm interested in that's what i'm interested in and then and then you put it aside and then you know all of a sudden you hurt your back and you read the chapter on back pain or you you hurt your hand and you read the chapter on hand pain so um, you know and then there are some really like essential chapters you know the sexual health chapters or there's a chapter written by susan bratton called how to please a woman There's an amazing chapter on health insurance that everybody that's American should read, which is understanding health insurance because our health insurance system is so messed up in this country. Uh, There's a chapter I wrote on how to make the most out of your doctor's visit. Uh, So how to prepare yourself for your doctor's visit. I mean, there's just, there's a ton of like really, really good general interest chapters. And then there's like a whole section on addiction. So like, if you're not addicted to anything, you don't have to read that.
0: Right. That's what I Um, loved about it. It's, It's like a user's manual. I mean, it's massive. But when I started going through it, I'm like, oh, you broke this down beautifully because if, like you said, if I don't have an addiction issue, like, unless I'm just inquisitive, I can move on to the chapter of, hey, I've kind of got this thing going on. And and it's always like a reference manual.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there are chapters that I've never seen in any men's health magazine or book. Like there's a, what men need to know about menopause, right? right? If your wife is going through menopause, you damn well better know what the hell is going on. Otherwise, you're just going to
0: be lost. And you're going to be confused and you're going to be in trouble a lot. Yeah. And so you need to figure, I agree with that. So.
1: Or, you know, the the third leading cause of death in men is accidental death, right? So you need reminders. 90% of eye injuries are preventable with eye protection.
0: Yeah. So just little little things. Yeah, I mean,
1: 50% of hand injuries are preventable with, with gloves. So if you're going to go out like every weekend, I like getting out in the backyard with my saws all and cutting stuff and building walls and stuff like that. So if you're going to go out there without gloves and uh, goggles, you're going to at some point become a statistic, right? You may not make the Darwin Awards, right. but if you lose a vision in one eye or you lose a finger on your hand, It, it happens. You know, it's just like statistics will tell you that it right. happens and it, it it could happen to you and yeah, you don't absolutely. want it yeah. to happen to you when it's, things are so preventable. So, I mean, they're, they're really like amazing chapters, like those that are so valuable to, to men, sometimes to teach you and sometimes just to remind, remind you.
0: you. Two questions, Doc, before I let you go, I want to respect your time. You 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 mentioned and I was looking over my notes for the show and and so why do you believe that that so few of us so few guys actually reach our true potential like what do you think that is I think the because I, I agree with you
1: yeah well I mean the first chapter is a a chapter called the hero's journey and it's based on a uh, work of a guy named Joseph Campbell who wrote I love Joseph yeah and and so this is what I see is that our society in general kind of idolizes other people you know right. whether it's tiger woods or johnny depp or yeah,
0: we pedestalize or, people we don't yeah, even yeah
1: but you know like the I, i'm i don't i don't do that but i don't either but it was just amazing to hear what was going on in johnny depp's home like here there's this like good looking movie star he's got more money than god he's got all these adoring fans and like to hear the crap that he and his wife were doing to each other was just like, man, that guy is even more messed up than I am. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> like way more messed like, up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, or like Tiger Woods, his wife is chasing him down the street with a golf club. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, my wife and I have our days, but, but she's never chased me down the road yet with a golf club. So, right. um, Focus on your own problems, be the hero of your own journey, you know, oh, yeah. focus on what you're putting in your own body, you know, whether it's alcohol or cigarettes or drugs or too much food, you know, focus on your own workouts, you don't have to spend hours and hours watching other people play basketball,
0: right.
1: you know, you go play basketball,
0: Yeah.
1: right, because that's going to be a lot better for you than sitting around having TV commercials convince you to drink beer and eat Cheetos and watch other people play basketball. So really that, that to me is like the crux of it all. You know, like in 15 seconds, I told you what's going to take to get people healthy. But if you don't feel like you can make an impact, if you don't feel like you're the hero of your own journey, then you're not going to do it
0: could not agree more. I love that. That's what I thank you for. Like on the inside of the book, doc said, you know, Hey Jay, you're the hero of your own life's journey. And I'm like, I'm gonna like this dude. Like I like it. that's, that's, that's total. You know, I, I, I could have never met you and I would have run around and be like, Hey, you got to meet this guy. He's awesome. Last question, doc. Cause this is something I live by. Breathe you know, by. We, we didn't even talk about sex. But, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, we said it was going to be good. Yeah, We said it was going to be good. I live and breathe by gratitude and I'm, you know, I want to bring that up at the end because I'm grateful for you spending your valuable time with me and and my audience and and just changing perspectives and ideas. But you, you mentioned something to say that how the health effects of gratitude. So what, talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. So the, the last, Four chapters of the book, the last section. So one is Inspiration, written by Brian Bandmiller. He was a CBS News correspondent. He's he's interviewed every president, every major business leader, and he really talked about the, the, the people that he met that really inspired him. Uh, and it, it's important to have people that inspire you to do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next chapter was written by Bernie Churchill, who's uh, an outstanding pediatric urologic surgeon and one of the best teachers I've ever had. Uh, and he wrote about gratitude and, you know, I felt a great debt of gratitude to him for teaching me so many surgical, but also life lessons. And then, uh, Larry Biennati is my, uh, as a dear friend and a business consultant, and he wrote a chapter on legacy, right? So when it's all said and done, what have you done to make the world a better place? Uh, and then, the very last chapter was about my own sort of personal hero's journey, and about how i I got to where I got to and and you know, how I came to write the book. And so, you know, gratitude to me is is so important to to understand how to appreciate all the people that got you to the place that you are now, because you know none of us can do it on our own,
0: right. I love that. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the guiding principles of my life. I think it's, it's allowed me to, to live in this with this abundant mentality of, of, like you said, you said something at the very beginning of why you've done all of this. And it's to give back, it's to make a difference. It's to, to leave that legacy. And I can tell you just based on the, the small amount of time I've spent with you, the book, all the research I've done for the podcast, I think you're, you're well on your way to, you know, to leave in a legacy that that you are going to be able to be proud of.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds like you are too. So, you know, I love being on podcasts uh, with guys like you. I think you're doing an amazing job. I I looked up all the stuff that you're doing too. And, you, uh, you know, I mean, keep up the good work.
0: I appreciate that. I feel like we need more people out there doing the, the, these types of things, just spreading the word, letting people know it's possible. I think a lot of times you, you said something earlier and I'll, I'll, we'll finish with this is, COVID kind of exacerbated a lot of problems that we were kind of in the, in the infancy stages of. And I think it also created a lot of new, you know, mental and emotional and, and you know, psychological issues where people started thinking things weren't possible anymore. And I, and I know that's one of my passions is to, to get people to, you know, not literally, but, but to shake them a little bit and get them to, to wake up and see like, I mean, everything's possible. If you're just willing to make some of these small changes, like, you don't have to do everything we talked about today in the podcast all at once. No. I mean, eventually, eventually, it'd be beautiful. Like, if you're drinking, smoking, eating too much, not sleeping, not exercising, listen, I don't think Doc or I are saying, like, right now, stop. Pick one, work on that one, and then go to the next one, and then go to the next one, and then watch your life start to just incrementally improve. Right. And then, Absolutely. and then, and then, like Doc said, we didn't even get to talk about sex, but that's just going to be a bonus for all of this, if you get all of those things in alignment. And so if you're somebody who's who's struggling in any of those areas, I would highly suggest reading those 3 ebooks Doc talked about, getting the 21st century man, whether you are a man or a woman, I think just from flipping through this in the short amount of time I've had it, this is, like I said, a user's manual or a guide that you should have in your house for moments or education or all those things. And Doc, you're doing a phenomenal job, man. You're going to help save the world. And I'm just, I'm happy to be on your team.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate
0: you, brother. Thank you. All right. Take Bye, guys. In. Bye-bye. Hey, before you go, I'd just like to say thank you again for listening to the Thrive Forever Fit podcast and watching on YouTube. It means the absolute world to me. And if you would... If you would do me one favor, and that is simply subscribe and review this podcast on whatever platform it is that you enjoy it on, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, doesn't matter. I would absolutely be so grateful and so thankful if you do that for me. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you again next week with an awesome, awesome episode. Bye.